0: Welcome to Watermark's Church Leadership Podcast, a conversation with church leaders for church leaders. My name is John McGee. Thanks so much for joining us today. Well, hey friends, today we are talking about how to onboard both new employees and volunteers. We've got two great guests, Josiah Jones. He is the director of volunteers for The Porch, which is our young adult ministry, and Lainey Eberhardt, new last name, Congratulations on your uh, wedding. Thank
1: you. Two and months And your today. marriage, yes. Whoa.
0: And uh, and Lainey is our director of hiring, or hiring coordinator, I guess probably is your, is your title here. But more importantly, in terms of personally to the mm-hmm. McGee family, uh, Lainey has been our youngest daughter's small group leader for mm-hmm. seven, seven years, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Wow. So Lainey has walked with our daughter from junior high, from sixth grade, all the way to this mm-hmm. year. So Lainey, we're really, really grateful for you, friend. Love what you do around the church, but Thanks. for us personally, uh, mm-hmm. you've meant a lot to our family. So thank you. Thank you. Okay, guys, this is being recorded three days. Three. Three days before three the Super Bowl. Days. Yes. So lots of, uh, I'm surrounded by green and uh red here. So That's Josiah right. lived in Kansas City. Big fan. Chiefs. Big, big chief fan. <laughs> and then, uh, un- unfortunately, Ashley, who is our director, does not have a microphone, but her dad uh, actually played for the Eagles. And so she is a massive Eagles fan. She she lives and works in Dallas. And, her whole cube is just decked out with eagles. Respect. She is I respect it. behind enemy lines. And so there was a lot of banter uh, before. And so when this plays, it'll be fun to see who's got the bragging rights. So, um it's, I'm surprised how many people care in Dallas about the Super Bowl and we're not we're not in it really fun. So, okay, guys, we're going to go kind of down two tracks. We're going to talk about, you know, as a staff or as an employee, as an organization, how do you start and onboard new new hires? And then we're gonna talk about at the volunteer level, uh, what would that look like in a church to start volunteers well, to bring them into say a ministry context and kind of the art of the start and how you could do that really well. But before we do that, why, guys, why, why do you think this even matters? So Josiah, any thoughts on why we should even pay attention to this?
2: Yeah, I think onboarding builds buy-in from day one. And so, you know, casting vision is crucial. Uh, to build that buy-in. So young adults are going to give away their time, treasure, and talent to something that they truly believe in. And so if you're not bleeding that before them, then that buy-in will not happen. So I think that's first and foremost.
0: Yeah, that's good. And you also did some research just around kind of for organizations and hiring and things like that, the importance of that. You want to share something?
2: Yeah, so two or three really stick out to me. Great employee onboarding can improve retention rate by 82%. That's the Brandon Hall Group. And then new employees with good onboarding experiences are 18 times more committed to their employer. Yeah. Which is baffling.
0: Yeah, truly. Well, you know, this week, actually this week, uh, I ran into somebody and they had just they had just quit. And I was kind of puzzled. I know a little bit about the organization. I said, tell me, tell me what happened. And they said, you know what? I had a really bad onboarding experience mm. and I don't think either one of us ever really recovered. And I thought, wow, you know, that wow. was pretty timely. So it does matter. It really, really does matter how you start. I think, you know, it's a whole lot easier to prevent problems than it is to fix them. Mm-hmm. And so you can get alignment right out of the gate. You really can. And so you can close that gap as opposed to, you know, six months two years saying, Hey, we're unaligned. You can do that right, right at the very beginning. I think as a Christian, you know, as a, as a Christian leader, it is really an expression of love. If we're to be others focused, boy, someone needs you is insecure is is hoping for um, some special attention at the start in a way that they may not be six to 12 months from now. And Mm -hmm. so as a Christian, you, you know, whether you feel that way or not, whether you want to or not, you put others needs before your own. And that's right. both in the church and uh, in both professional setting as well as volunteer setting. And I think it shows really that you are invested in them. You want to develop them. Uh, you care about them, which matters now. It really matters now. And so your your grandparents, they got a job, uh, they got a desk and they went to work mm. and it didn't matter how they felt or that's if right. they were developed. They were mm. a cog in the machine and they were okay with it. And that is not the case now. Both at the volunteer level as well as at the staff level, and so I, I re- this really does matter, and uh, and I think if we do this right, we'll get the best from our people, and they will stick around longer, and uh, it really creates the culture and the the kind of teams that we're uh, we're hoping to to work with and uh, and work on. So, Laney, let's talk about at Watermark as an employer and mm-hmm. what that looks like to start. Uh, start employees around here I think you do a phenomenal job um, so can you walk us through kind of the process start to finish someone says I'm gonna take the job and now you are um, we we've, we've done some different interviewing uh, topics we've done how to fire people <laughs> <laughs> we've never done how to start them want you walk us through it someone says hey I will now agree to work at Watermark what happens
1: Yeah. Changing a job is a big deal. And so whether you're moving from corporate America to the church or moving your family from one city to the next, we want folks to know we're excited to have them here, a part of their team, and we're excited for them to use their gifts here. And one way we've started to do that is... Probably a few days to a week after they sign that offer, they get in the mail what we call our new hire welcome box. Yeah. And so, on that front of the box, the first thing they see is "Welcome to the family." And really, that's just we're excited you're here and gonna get to be a part of the team with us. They open it up, and it's full of a bunch of swag. Right. And um, we have really
0: talk us through. I'm yeah, looking at it right here, it's beautifully did you design it did you design the it?
1: communications team there's a uh, whole crew maybe. of us that I'm, went into I'm the design work
0: already if, and I and I didn't get one of these Josiah and I didn't get <laughs> one of these we may we may uh, quit and get rehired we'll see if I rehire you know, we're gonna, we're gonna, what, what, that, that's an excellent question would you rehire me if you had the chance so we're going to talk through what we do and again all these episodes the goal is not for you to replicate exactly what we do it's to pull out principles and some things um, you know maybe put your mind on the middle treadmill and go I, I wouldn't do it that way but this gives me a really good idea. That's what you're looking for here. So, okay, Lainey, the box is open. Talk us through what's in there and, um, and how, how you go about putting that together.
1: Yeah. Well, the first thing they're going to see is have a great work week of worship, was, which is just really a rephrased a statement we use around here at the end of every Sunday service. We tell folks to have a great week of worship. And so it's just a fun way to allow folks who have known and heard that phrase uh, to get excited for what their new work week on staff will look like. And then there's a bunch of swag. So we've got some tumblers, shirt, and just really we've taken um, old swag from past events and repurposed it. We also have a personal letter written by their hiring director welcoming them, telling them they're so excited that they can't wait for them to start. We also have a redeem, like a waterware redeemable code. Yeah, you might be wondering that. what is waterware <laughs> which we do define for new hires because sometimes they don't know and it's a noun and it's really branded gifts given to staff at various times of the year. So most common is Christmas or staff retreat and waterware is for staff only which now means you. Yeah. And so it really gets them anticipating their first day that they're going to show up and get a jacket or a piece of swag that they can sport around yeah. that only staff get to wear. That's right. They also receive a owner's manual. And really, our owner's manual is a fancy term for our culture handbook. It really walks people through not just an employee handbook of here are rules and policies and expectations, but what does it look like to be successful here? What's a timeline of events that have occurred? We define key terms we use, share things we're not great at. And we even write a letter to introverts on how to survive (laughs) working on a staff with a of extroverts.
0: It's so good. We'll put a link uh, to that in the show notes. You know, it's kind of snarky a little bit. It's not probably what you would traditionally, you know, expect from a from a church in terms of a, an onboarding manual. So uh, there's that one. We also do have an employee handbook that, you know, I'm sure legally we have to have with mm-hmm. all the, uh, the, the the official rules. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that, you know, at the end of the day you know, is how to navigate this place and how to, mm-hmm. to win. Who we're about, what we're trying to, to do, and uh, what it's like to be a part of our family. Every family, every family has a set of values, and you can pick them up you know, over time, but it's nice to know them written down coming in. So good. Anything else uh, in that box, Lainey?
1: A fun surprise at the bottom of the box that folks may not catch is we have the verse from first Corinthians twelve twelve, and just really the reminder that we're all one body, but different members. And yeah. so we hired you to be a nose or a mouth or an elbow, and we want you to be a really faithful elbow or mouth or <laughs> nose. We don't want you to show up on staff and be someone you're not that in order for this place to be excellent, we have to be deploying the gifts the Lord's given us and to be the member of the body that we were designed to be.
0: I love it. Well, it's been, it's been a great ad, uh, Laney, and I know you, you drove that. So well done. Uh, it's, a, it's a great way to start people. So, okay. So let's say, you know, Josiah and I just started, we got the box we come in to staff the first day. We've got our coupon. We're ready to shop. So mm-hmm. we're excited about that. Uh, what else happens kind of right out of the shoot as you're trying to onboard us?
1: Yeah. Your first week at Watermark is a lot of new hire orientation. So say your typical IT trainings, benefits, expense report, you're going to walk through just a lot of nuts and bolts of the things you need to know that first week, as well as someone's first day, they're going to sit down with me for a new hire onboarding meeting. And at that time, they get their Swag. They potentially get their backpack already with their initials embroidered on yes, it. The
0: watermark backpack. And yes. then
1: we walk through what does Watermark staff look like from a 60,000 foot view? There are so many different functions, things to learn, and it's an hour-long kind of overview that then we push them towards our um, Welcome to Watermark online resources that then they go and read within their first week or two being on staff. And we can share a few of those in the show notes of what are some of the one-pagers and resources we have them read. These are resources from a Watermark, maybe HR, staff care perspective. There's also the onboarding that's more team specific. Yeah. And so how we would encourage teams on day 1 to welcome their new hire is really bringing them in and introducing them, helping them understand the vision of their specific ministry.
0: Okay, Lainey, that is the HR side of the house. Traditionally, uh, organizations would call it HR, we call it staff care, very intentionally. So that's the things that you're going to be doing from your, you know, kind of your office from your seat and then we as you know directors Josiah you know we've got a responsibility then to onboard uh, new employees onto our teams as well T- tell me about what you guys do tell me about some best practices you know, that you do that first you know week or so uh, with a new employee
2: yeah so number one i think we just rally the team and we go to lunch and we just mm-hmm. celebrate them and let them know we're excited that they're here we go around the table and we just say hey based on the interviews that we've been a part of with you this is what we see in you and it's just a time to affirm them mm-hmm. second uh, the director will get with the person that they hired, and they'll just go through their job description again. Just say, hey, let's, let's align these expectations. Do you have any questions? Just to remove any confusion, provide clarity. Clarity is kindness that we say a lot mm-hmm. around here. Mm-hmm. And then third, mm-hmm. I think this is really important, but we take the top five CLC podcasts, mm-hmm. what we're doing in this room, yeah. and we just send those off to them and say, hey, over the next four weeks, would you listen mm-hmm. to these podcasts? And then just send back three or four bulleted simple notes that you've taken from each podcast. And then we're going to meet up and talk about those. So those are just three quick ways that we try to onboard new
0: employees to our team. That's fantastic. Yeah. We'll, we'll link to those just so you can share which ones you guys feel like are uh, important for your new hires. Um, We'll we'll list those in the show notes. So again, you just remember what it's like to be new. It's so hard because you're, you're there, you know, where everything, you know, where the copier is, you know, where all the stuff is in the closets, you know, everyone's names Mm -hmm. and they are brand new. And so just remember what it would be like to be brand new mm. and um, and be a really, really great host um, mm. That, mm. that week, that month. Lainey, I think you really think about your role in terms of starting someone in kind of not, not a week, but more like a 90-day chunk. Yeah. Um, so what else happens during the first 90 days for a new employee at Watermark?
1: Yeah, I would say one of those is at 90 days, a new hire receives a survey and really they're sharing feedback on what was their HR staff care onboarding like? What was your team specific training for your role? Um, How was your onboarding in terms of our culture, feeling a part of the team? Do you feel a part of the team? And what are things maybe in our mission or values that we state that seem confusing to you, or you think we can continue to improve. And after they complete that survey, I get to sit down with all the female new hires and really learn how was their experience? Was the job we interviewed you for the job you feel like you've been doing for the past 90 days? Do you feel a part of this team? And how can I help you as you're continuing to plug in and grow deeper roots Mm -hmm. on this
0: team. So good. That's such a great practice. There will always be a gap uh, in expectations, and they're much easier to close there. And that's the kind of stuff when someone um, decides a year from now you know they don't want to be here it actually probably started in the first 90 days and you can close that down so just think about that as a leader uh, what is it that you can do to, to close the expectation gap and really give people a voice and let them ask the questions and make sure that you're aligned so one of the fun thing I think mm-hmm. we've added recently is culture camp you want to talk about that
1: yeah so culture camp is an idea really that was dreamed up by me and Bron Brown so he's our director of Watermark Institute and kind of our quote unquote Watermark culture keeper yep. and we Are thinking through how do we take this owner's manual, our values, and these. Terms and just what it looks like to be successful here and really teach it to new hires and not expect them to pick it up or just understand the information simply from reading a handbook and reading our resources. So it's a day long of a lot of fun where we bring in various leaders and we we farkle together. We play games. We help them understand what does success look like on this team? How do you resolve conflict and what are tools uh, to help you navigate that? as it comes up on your team. And so really the heart of this day is to allow new hires to better learn and apply our vision and values, as well as deepen friendships among one another across staff where new hires are still getting to know folks. And this allows them to build a friendship with someone on a different floor, a different team, and just friendships and connections at work also keep people there. And we wanna help folks feel like they're working alongside friends, not just coworkers.
0: Excellent. Well, it's been really fun, Lenny, to watch your leadership uh, the last couple of years as you've improved this process. And it's part of what makes this place great. So thank you. And uh, we'll list some of those things that Lenny talked about uh, in the show notes. And um, so that is, that's what we do for Watermark as a, an employer. That's what that would look like. If you're going to get a paycheck from Watermark and, you know, uh, be a pastor or be a director here on our staff. That that is how uh, we start people, but many of us, you know, uh Josiah, we we don't just have employees. We a lot of a lot of people in the church are going to lead volunteer teams. And a lot of times we really don't think about what it looks like to onboard new volunteers uh from my perspective i think you guys do if not the best one of the best jobs uh, mm-hmm. in our church it's a pretty robust strategy so we're going to talk about that so don't don't get overwhelmed um but let me just say this um josiah just to encourage you i was at another church that uh, streams the ports. they partner with the, the ports they're one of our ports live locations and they told me that they had been so encouraged by the ports volunteers mm-hmm. And the way the, the engagement, uh, the ownership, and uh, really the process that, that produced that, that they were replicating that throughout all the other ministries uh, in their wow. church in their own unique way. So way to go, mm. both at this place and then your influence um, in, in other churches here. But mm. once you walk us through that, uh, again, it's this thing is intense. Whatever you're thinking about young adults, it's not just a cup of coffee and go get them. Uh, you've got a very, very thoughtful plan. Once you walk us through that and uh, and help these listeners pick out some best practices?
2: Yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks for that, John. That's encouraging. And man, we're we're uh, humbled by that, and I would just say I think we're learning from people like Lainey, who you know has basically walked us through not just paperwork and processes, yeah. but how to be personal in our onboarding. Yep. One of the stats that sticks out to me—be the stat guy today, okay. by the way—I <laughs> did, I didn't see coming. Fifty-eight percent of organizations say that their onboarding program is focused too focused. On processes and paperwork. Yeah. And it's important to have that. And I th- But I think a lot of times when we think about onboarding, we do think about processes and paperwork, yeah. which is vital to an organization structure, that sort of thing. But I think where we're thriving is by being personal with every volunteer leader that wants to come through the porch. And uh, so I'm going to sound hypocritical here, but I'm going to turn a corner. The first step to onboarding our volunteer leaders is through a online application. So that is... Paperwork. That's a process, but it's where we get a glimpse of their grasp of the gospel and currently their walk with the Lord. And so they sign leadership expectations, commitment, and we get to refer back to that over the year. But right after they sign up to serve at the porch through filling out that application, we do a one-to-one interview. Mm-hmm. And that interview is just where we assess their intention you know, for, for leading. Like we can't, we can't assess their uh, execution of yep. leading, but we get to assess their intention. And so we get to ask questions, personal questions. I'm like, what is your testimony? What is your time with Jesus look like? Hey, what is the gospel? We don't just assume that, Hey, just cause you're signing up yep. to serve at the porch and you know, the gospel. And how would you explain that to a young adult? Because every person that serves at the porch. We want them to be a pastor to their peers. I think this generation, and I'm going to digress for a second, but this generation doesn't just want to open a door or pass out a program or park a car or us or someone to the seat. Mm-hmm. They truly want to, they're asking, hey, can the Lord use my life to change the world? And so we want them, step one, just to know that they're not just here to accomplish a task, but they're here to pursue a person. So we ask them these intentional questions. Hey, why do you want to serve at the porch? So that's just managing, uh, their intention, not even managing it, but, but trying to understand their intention of wanting to serve at the porch. And then I think the second step in that interview process is we're just trying to vision cast. I don't like the word volunteer primarily because I think it carries a lot of task um, with that word. So we, we kind of nixed it. And sometimes we will, in this setting like this, we'll say volunteer leaders, but we call all of our volunteers leaders because leaders, uh, that's associated with people. Uh, leading somebody and we want to make our ministry leadership about people and so then i think that the third thing we do is we set expectations first corinthians 11 1 says follow me for i follow christ that's paul right and so we're not expecting perfection out of our leaders we're expecting them to be able to say with integrity hey follow me because I'm following Christ, not perfectly. So we talk about living above reproach. We talk about, Hey, what does alcohol look like for you? What is purity boundaries when you're dating in a dating relationship, modesty, social media, porn, masturbation? Like, I just assume that guys are struggling with that. Mm -hmm. So I just ask them, Hey, when's the last time you, you know, looked at pornography and we just have a frank conversation. And again, we're not looking for perfection, but we're looking for people who want to you know, fight the battle well yeah. and, and want to lead out with a limp and say, hey, I'm not perfect, but I'm, I'm struggling well. And then lastly, we, we, we talk about the commitment. How has commitment marked your past? What does that look like? Are you, are you filled with broken commitments? If I was to ask your community group, would they say, no, this is a man that is marked by commitment? What you do in your single years directly affects what you're going to do when you get married. So I'm giving them a vision of a preferred future that affects their present reality. And just say, hey, do you want to be a man that is marked by commitment in your marriage with your kid? Most of them want to get married and have kids. So Mm -hmm. uh, I'm just sharing, hey, this is why we're talking about these things
0: today. So that's that's step number one. That's good. Really, really good. Well, the ministry is not of of the porch is not just to the people that are, uh, you know, in the seats. And if someone Mm -hmm. doesn't have a context of the porch, (laughs) this is a. a very, very large young adult ministry, Um, you know, 3,000 plus people on on a Tuesday that come and Josiah and the team do an amazing job. So a lot of times you think about the ministry being too, Everyone that's there in the seats, and it, and one of the things I really appreciate about your team is you almost feel like your first ministry is to all of those that are leading there, Mm -hmm. and so uh, they're just not. Again, we talked about cogs in the machine. They're not. Uh, They're actually some of the very first people that you pastor and shepherd. Uh, You don't just quote unquote use them, but there is there is there is a high bar, and you get a lot back from them. You you really do. There is something about. um, I'm I'm excited for them to hear about the process, but I will tell you the end result. um, Is it Porch volunteers are committed. They are are committed and they are excited. They believe in the ministry. Uh, they will, you know, metaphorically bleed out uh, mm-hmm. for whatever is in front of them that, that is attached to the ministry that uh, and the vision that you've created. Yeah. And you know, we used to do the big event called Awaken. We're taking mm-hmm. a year off. We might, might come back next year. So the young adult gathering from all around the world, really, and uh, the young adult volunteers, the young adult leaders, uh, really put that thing on. There's you know, there's some staff things that had to be done, but by and large, it was the young adults. That pulled it off, and I remember after the fact, you know, telling you and some of the other um, the other leaders involved. I, I think a, a porch volunteer. They count twice. That's right. They count twice. <laughs> they count twice as much as anybody else because they're just so committed. And they're so bought in. And that comes from, I think, right out of the gate, some of the, the conversations you're having with them that you really do care about them. You really are developing them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they're bought in, brother. And it's really, really fun to see. And well, so, you, you coined that phrase and now we use it I almost it. every week. I love it. I love <laughs> it. Okay. So let's talk about some of the tactics then. Yeah. Uh, you've met with them. You've done a great job. And again, it's so much easier to kind of surface that stuff then and deal mm-hmm. with it than much, much later when they're giving counsel to people that uh, they're in rooms that you're not in, you want to know uh, all those things that you ask and you want to know their motives. I think you hinted at that, but mm-hmm. why do they want to serve? That's really, really important. No one's motives can be hundred percent pure, uh, but you need to make sure that they're not uh, trying to fill a gap and their own, you know, spiritual development or uh, they're not trying to make penance for yeah. something that they've done that they really do want to uh, be on mission. So let's talk through um, some of the specifics you've met with me. You think I'm a good fit. I think I want to be a part of this then what
2: yeah so we say hey go back to your community group because everyone that serves at the porch is in a community group they're a member of watermark community church so we say hey go back to your community group let them know hey this is what you're wanting to do we're going to approve you to serve the porch one more step in the process because that's the covering over their life we believe yeah. is just say go back and ask them if this is the next best step for you and if it is then let's go let's uh onboard you into roundabout which is our 10-week training now we get to assess the execution of their intention. So the roundabout interview, one-to-one, and the application, that's assessing their intention. Over 10 weeks, we take them through a training where we're, we're assessing their execution. Is what they're saying really gonna play out in their life? Because yep. I think a lot of times leadership is aspirational. Hey, I wanna do this, I w- but it just stay, kind of stays up in the clouds. Mm-hmm. And this is an opportunity for us to say, hey, are you you about it? Mm-hmm. And so once they get onboarded into a roundabout, Uh, express value and love to the person. We say, hey, we're going to invest in you because you're going to invest in others. So over the next 10 weeks, we're equipping them in how to share the gospel biblically and effectively. We're equipping them in how to share their testimony in three minutes or less. We're equipping them with how to be a great host versus a guest and changing that mentality and then also just in how to have spiritual conversations with people that are coming through our doors so they get to shadow all six teams that serve at the porch Um, they get to go to an all-leader meeting we do those the first tuesday of every month so they'll come and and get to shadow that and even just jump right in and then they get to meet all of our staff we do a green room visit where we take them back to the green room before the service and they get to meet All of our staff, they get to ask questions to us, like, hey, where'd you get your shoes? Uh, What kind of style you got? Because it looks good, or hey, it ain't that great. But just all across the board, they get to just come in and and get to know us. That's that personal element that we're talking about. It just doesn't want to be about processes and paperwork. And then over the course of those 10 weeks, they meet one-on-one with either the team lead of Roundabout or the sub-team lead. So it's another one-on-one, just, hey, how's it going? touch point throughout those 10 weeks. Hey, is this something that you're continuing to buy into? This is what I see. You were late actually four of the last five weeks. Let's Mm. talk about that. You know, and just just being able to uh, share about their execution and and, and really not just the outward of their execution, but get down to the heart of the matter Mm. if there is a problem or just celebrate. Hey, bro, you've been crushing it. Like, I see you out, you know, not just caring about the task of Tuesday night, but, man, you're sharing the gospel. You're always back sharing wins with us at the end of the night. And so it just gives us an opportunity to see what they're about over those 10 weeks. And then the last week of Roundabout is actually a stand and deliver. It's like a test. Hmm. A few years ago, we had a written test, and we just said, hey, anyone can kind of do a written test. But what, you know, to to really know if they learn the material, let's have them do a stand and deliver. So, you know, they'll come in and go before the team leads and sub-team leads and they'll just fire out questions. Hey, what's Romans 3.23? What's Romans 6.23? Hey, if uh, you're going to be a great host, what are the four key components to be a great host? Hey, if someone has come up to you and said, hey, I'm an atheist, but I'm examining Christ, how are you going to lead them? And so it's just an opportunity for them to see, hey, what they learned over the last 10 weeks and be able to articulate that. So it's fun, man. I love I, that.
0: I, I enjoy it. I, you know, I've got uh, one of my sons is uh, pledging right now in college. <laughs> and the amount of things he has to memorize, mm. you know, about all the core values and mission statements and and chants and pledges and, you know, the, this whole world that I'm not really familiar with. Uh, it's amazing. I mean, he he will spend a lot of his weekends, you know, just going back over these things. Yeah. And, and I thought about this, uh, and, and I just remembered. But I thought about, it. we will let anybody serve in the church, mm. and uh, but to become, you know, a member of a frat, uh, you're gonna have to memorize all kinds of content, so good. And know it backwards and forwards. And I thought that that probably shouldn't be the case. And so, um, so. A roundabout is that process, you can use that process, you can use any process, but just have a process. And then I would just say this to you, that, that's a that's pretty robust, it's a very high bar. Mm-hmm. And I think for some of your ministries, you really do want to have a high bar. Now there may be, that might, that bar might be so high, for some people in your church, they just go, I, I can't even conceive of jumping over that. So you probably do want to create uh, other service opportunities, uh, other, other ways to volunteer that may not be so cumbersome and mm-hmm. get them in, um, and still stay close, some of the same principles, and then allow them to kind of get their feet under them, uh, mature in Christ, and then become, uh, you know, some of the, I mean, you guys are, they're like Navy Seals, you know, <laughs> of, of, of volunteers. You can you can drop them into any situation and they know what to do. Um, but I, but I love that, you didn't dumb it down. Mm. And, um, and it, so the porch is known for a lot of things that are very visible above the waterline, uh, things like the communication, social media is just uh, ridiculously uh, relevant. But every time I hear you and others talk about the porch, they say, "Yeah, actually, the secret is the volunteers." Yeah, secrets the volunteers, and it's not the worship, yeah. and it's not all the things that you would see above the waterline. It's the people you will never see uh, that are what makes all of this go. And so, uh, well done. Well yeah, done, well, you brother. could
2: take out our staff tomorrow, and uh, I think the porch would still run. Yeah, because there's 200 plus faithful volunteer leaders that are getting after it week in and week out. Yeah. But if you take out our volunteers, it's it's no more porch. Yeah. we actually shared that last week in our all leader meeting. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Okay.
0: Well, hey. Anything else? Any other best practices? Any other potential uh, roadblocks? Any any other uh, kind of parting shots here?
2: Yeah, I think I think it's one thing to train people, but it's a, it's another thing to hold them accountable to apply the training. It's not it's not information that equals transformation. It's information plus application equals transformation. So it's, you know, roundabout is on Tuesday night before the porch for about forty minutes, and then they have the next two hours. You know, from the service to after the service to go apply it, yeah. you know, yeah. before the service, they're mixing up with people coming in after the service. They're, you know, pursuing people, trying to engage in spiritual conversations. And then they huddle up for about 15 minutes at the end of the night and they just say, OK, what did God do? Yeah. Let's share. Wind. Celebrate. Yeah. yeah. And so it's just a, it's a way for people to see that this is possible. You know, even if I just went up and introduced myself, that's where it starts really week one around about just mm-hmm. go introduce yourself to someone that you don't know and start flexing the, the, the muscle that you've never really flexed before in leadership. And, uh, and I think that's important. And then, two, I would say, hey, once they get onboarded to their teams, we, we onboard them based on needs first, gifts second. Because we're trying to test the heart of why they're truly serving. That's good. Are they just That's wanting good. to come serve just to put their gifts in motion? Or do they want to serve because there's need? Yeah. And so needs first, gifts second. And then once they're on a team, we pair them up with a porch veteran who's been serving for quite a while. And over the next four weeks, they're shadowing them. And that person is just coming alongside of them. Do you have any questions. They're seeing him getting after it or her getting after it on a Tuesday night, sharing the gospel and being a great host. And then they're meeting with them at least once over those four weeks, one-on-one and just saying, Hey, what are you, what's going on? How are you doing? And that way it just allows that person not to get lost in the shuffle or in the transition, if you will. And so those are just, I think some best practices that we've learned over our time and leading at the porch.
0: So good. So good. Well, the fruits of that, you know, uh, really felt, Uh, Far and wide, uh, Mm. brother. So you've you've done a great job with that. I think the other thing you didn't talk about a lot, but just a sense of community Mm -hmm. you've created with that and pretty instantly, I think maybe one of the the best ways to get into the life and ministry of the the church at Watermark, be connected is to be a volunteer with you. So you've created this really great sense of community that um, because of all those different touch points that you have that... um, makes it really really sticky people mm-hmm. want to come and they don't want to not be a volunteer with the porch uh, because, right. because of what you've created which is just so fantastic so both of you thank you you've really done an excellent job your perspective kind of post and um, and I hope as you're listening to this you're gonna find something there that you can implement if you don't know where to start uh, I would always just go interview uh, the last three people that you hired or the l- last three people that were just became a volunteer uh, mm-hmm. at, uh, in your ministry and asked them what they wish they would have had. What went well? What, what do you want to make sure that you keep doing? And then what do they wish they would have had? If they could design the perfect onboarding process, what would that uh, look like? I bet you can't do it all, but I bet you can take some next steps. I know both of you have some things we don't have time that, that you're still thinking about. It's, you're not done. You're always improving, always tweaking, which is a great practice. Come to CLC. <laughs> okay. It's coming up. We'll give you the full gamut. There you go. You can meet uh, Josiah and uh, hopefully... They're going to give you a really hard time if the Chiefs lose, brother. You, <laughs> they will. You've been, so hey, go Chiefs! This, Chief. this vocal—you've been so vocal this week. Patrick and, Mahomes uh,
2: jersey is in the house yeah. right
0: now, and I'm just flaunting. Yes. <laughs> Come on. So give him a really just don't don't <laughs> say anything if they win, but give him a really hard time uh, if they lose. So thank you, friends, for sharing. Thank you for the ways that you've uh, you've modeled all this, and then hopefully, if you're listening to this, hopefully you'll will, you will see uh, the volunteers or the people that you hire as uh, a real stewardship opportunity. And you'll take it very, very seriously. And you will make sure that you are not only deploying them well, but you are onboarding them well and, um, and making, making the best use, of uh, the incredible opportunity you have to steward the life of another person. So uh, friends, if you have any other questions or you have any thoughts or for future episodes, you can always reach us at CLP at watermark.org. That's CLP at watermark.org. We'll talk to you again next time.